Hey, so glad you could be with us this morning, and uh, as I mentioned in the prayer, we have with us today Matthew Caden, who is a young man that we've been supporting on the mission field, and this is actually the first time he's had the opportunity to speak to us as a whole church body, and so we're happy to have him come and share with you today so you can see, again, as you put money in the offering plate, a portion of that goes into our our mission and supports many different missionaries around the world, such as Matthew and, and many others. So it's important for church health, I think, for you all to see how God is using your finances, your your resources, your entrusting to him, not only here locally, but again, the work that we support in the world. And something else I uh, just learned this morning is he and Pastor Adam uh, went to school together. So uh, that was kind of a a neat little thing that uh, found out this morning. So Matthew's going to share, bring a word with you, but also incorporate it in with the calling that uh, God has placed on his life and just tie it all together. So I hope it'll also be encouraging to any student out there, young person, uh, to think about what God would have you do and use you in ministry. So would you help me make Matthew feel welcome today? And thank you again for all, for having me. I had told the pastor before that uh, you all have been partnering with me in prayer and support and financial support for over five years now, and I only live eight minutes down the road, so if I was going to leave again before coming to see you all, I'd feel really bad. <laughs> so uh, I, like he said, I'm going to share with you all a little bit from, from, from the Word, open it with you all, as well as share a bit more of, of what God's been doing uh, the past five years in the Dominican Republic where, where I was. And also share a little bit about what's happening uh, very soon. I'll be moving to Puerto Rico uh, in a few months. But uh, uh, yeah, so like he said, I, I grew up just down the road. I went to Parkersburg uh, South. Uh, I grew up in Parkersburg for, for most of my life. And then went off to study at Marshall University. I graduated from there with a, an engineering degree. Uh, but God had different plans for me as I went uh, to Argentina for a one-year internship with Crew, uh, campus ministry, a Christian campus ministry that's all, that's all around the world. And I decided to stick around another year, and then another year, and now here I am, nine years later. <laughs> I uh, was in the Dominican Republic for five, and I plan on going to Puerto Rico for probably at least three years. Uh, but actually, uh, I really enjoyed the, the time of, of worship with you all, the time of, of music. And that's actually what kind of got me hooked with, with crew. They needed a drummer, and I played the drum set. So uh, after a few weeks of just being there as a freshman, they asked me to, to join in, and, and uh, I ended up playing with them for the, the following three or four years. So that was a great way to, to serve with, with, uh, with the campus ministry at Marshall, was, was through music, through worshiping God and music as well as uh, leading Bible studies and other types of, of service. So uh, God really has used every type of hobby and everything that, that I love the most and, and given me an opportunity to use that to glorify him. Uh, so I'd like for you all to turn with me to Luke 24, 44 through 53. And uh, yeah, just go ahead and turn there and we'll get to that in, in a moment. Um, while you're turning, I just want to share with you a little story from, from my life, uh, and this has to relate with what we're going to be reading, and it's that, uh, ironically, I, I really am afraid of drowning. So even though I lived on an island for five years, I'm actually afraid of, of drowning in the water. Um, when I was about seven or eight years old, I was hanging out with some of my cousins nearby our, our, of where I grew up, 
and we were, we were messing around, we were playing, uh, getting in and out of the pool, uh, when somehow uh, one of my cousins found out for the first time that I can't swim, that I didn't know how to swim, and I still don't know how to swim. Uh, he couldn't believe it. He thought, nah, you're joking. Of course, everybody knows how to swim. And they threw me in t- to see if, you know, I'd float or I'd swim. I don't know. I don't know what was going through their minds, but they thought that it would turn out okay. Uh, but sure enough, a few, few moments later, when they didn't see me coming to the top, um, <laughs> my oldest cousin jumped in and, and lugged me out. I caught my breath, and I was okay. But uh, I s- still had a lingering fear after that of, well, I don't really want to get in again. What's going to happen? What, uh, I don't want to go through that fear, that panic again. And uh, that similar fear, that, that, that sense of panic, I saw a lot when I was reading through this passage in Luke. Uh, here we see uh, the disciples of Jesus coming off of a time of, of fear, of panic, of confusion of how is Jesus dying fitting into God's plan? How is, how is this part of what's supposed to happen? Uh, we're not ready for a leader to leave us. We're not ready for Jesus to be gone. So what, what are we going to do? What's next? And we see here in Luke 24 how Jesus comes to, to give a little reassurance, uh, to, to spend some time with them before he leaves them again. So I'd like for you to, to follow along with me in Luke 24 uh, through 53. Next one. Uh, then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. Beginning from Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany. And lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. And so as you read this, you kind of come, come away with a, a fuzzy, like a warm, fuzzy feeling. Like, oh, that's so great. The disciples went away joyful. They went away to worship God. But if you think back to uh, how they were uh, previous encounters with Jesus, he had already told them a number of times that he was going to die, he was going to leave them, and he was going to rise again on the third day. This isn't the first time they've heard this news, but this is the first time that they react in this way. Uh, before, they, they didn't want to believe him. They, didn't, they weren't ready for that news. But this time... We see that uh, something clicks, something makes sense. Finally, it all came together for Jesus' disciples. And they responded with joy, they responded with a heart of worship, and they responded as well uh, later on in Acts to uh, a response outwardly to share this good news with those around them. They went out through Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and into all the nations. And those are the two responses that I like to encourage you all with on this day that we should respond in the same way, right, to this Easter message, this, this message of Jesus is alive, Jesus rose again, and Jesus uh, rose again victorious, and that we should respond to this message with joy uh, and with worship. We should worship God upon hearing this news. And we should also be compelled to share this, this good news 
uh, of Jesus to, to those around us, to those in our family, in our community, where we work, wherever God would send us. Uh, but it's, it's really easy to say that. <laughs> it really is. Uh, that is at the heart of, of what I've, I've been able to do uh, with, with crew full-time the past nine years, this, uh, this heart of trying to share the gospel uh, around the world, to, mainly to college students. I've, I've been focusing mostly with college students uh, in Argentina and the Dominican Republic and in the future in Puerto Rico. Uh, it's, but it's really easy to say this. It's really easy to say that, like, yes, we should share the gospel with those around us. So what, what, what trips us up oftentimes? What keeps us from doing that? And I feel like I alluded to that earlier. It's, it's fear, at least for me. <laughs> it's, it's being afraid of what other people are going to say back to me or what, what, what other people might think of me uh, when, when I share that. Uh, but that doesn't keep us from, uh, from trying to follow through with that. And I, I, I want to I share with you something that uh, is hope, I hope would be an encouragement uh, in taking that step of faith. Uh, because it is, it's a step of faith to, to share uh, this good news with, with somebody else. And some of the, the great things that God did uh, these past five years in the, in the Dominican Republic, I feel like are really, they're the evidences of that God is, God is in the midst of this work. Jesus told his disciples that he was going to be with them in the midst of doing, of following uh, this call of the Great Commission. That they were going to be alone. And you all aren't alone either in doing what God is asking you to do. Uh, what I'm going to share are just some of the highlights. There's so many other stories I could share, really, of what God has done in five years in full-time ministry in the Dominican Republic. But some of these are, are some of the highlights I'm going to pull. Uh, so the first one is, uh, is regarding how we actually received 250-plus uh, college students and, and volunteers, missionaries, uh, from the United States who came to serve alongside us for a week at a time, four or five weeks, or even up to a year. And uh, we were able to, to, to see their lives really impacted by, by what God is doing on college campuses and around communities around the island. And so even though I was there really focusing on Dominicans, focusing on reaching Dominicans, we also had an opportunity to uh, to influence uh, people who come in from the States and encourage them as they go back to, to not allow the, the one week or four weeks or one year to just be a blip on the, on the radar, a blip in their life, but something that really changes them and uh, really kind of catches a fire in their life to want to serve God all the more when they go back to the States, wherever they're from. So that was a really great, uh, a great aspect of ministry there, really encouraging, training, equipping, and... Uh, and uh, yeah, helping, helping the students and missionaries from the States uh, go back to the States that much more, uh, I guess, on fire to, to serve him in their, in their hometown. So the second thing was actually more, more local, and that is that we mobilized 100 Dominicans uh, to go to other parts of the island, as well as a few of them went um, outside the island to other countries. To, on, a, on a mission trip to either start a, a new crew movement, so go to another college campus where there isn't a Christian ministry active, uh, go there to share the gospel, to find Christian students, and to help uh, form a, a group there that would, 
be actively sharing the gospel even after these Dominicans left. And so we're able to, to, to mobilize these Dominicans and help them um, live life on mission, help them for mission trips um, because the United States is not the only country sending out missionaries. We want to, a part of our ministry in the Dominican Republic is to mobilize Dominicans to, um, to go on mission. And the third thing was something more personal. Um, on, on a personal level, I, I, I was able to help train up young men in, in college to be leaders, spiritual leaders on their campus, in their families, and in their communities. And uh, I, I wish I could share more, more uh, uh, stories, I guess, about all these, all these lives that were touched in these five years. But you all had a part in impacting these 15 young men and helping them to become truly, truly uh, spiritual leaders in, in their campuses and their families and their communities. Most of them actually have already graduated, so I, I had the privilege of seeing them graduate college, so that was pretty cool. Uh, made me feel a lot older as well <laughs> to see them come into college and then leave, and I'm still there. <laughs> but uh, but it was great. It was, it was a privilege to to see that. If you can go ahead and, and so some of the pictures, the names there in the Dominican Republic are so strange. They make up names all the time. So some of the names you might not even know how to pronounce. But these are all men who who are are still serving faithfully, either with with Cruise Campus Ministry or. Having graduated, they're, they're working at, uh, at a job and they're serving their local church as one, of the, as one of the youth leaders or as a deacon or some former facet there are serving God and, and walking with him still. So it's just been, that was a really uh, great uh, joy of, of serving there, of getting to, to see these lives uh, changed and mobilized to be leaders uh, where they are. So, and then the fourth thing, aside from that, was I got to end my time in the, in the Dominican Republic uh, being a part of this huge conference team. Um, we had people from all over the place on this conference team, a couple of people from Panama, a couple of people from Costa Rica, a couple of people from Brazil. It was just a very, very cross-cultural, multinational team. I learned a lot through it. And I even learned some Portuguese along the way, uh, since the conference is going to be held in Brazil. And what you see on the screen um, are just a little bit of the, the result of the conference. Uh, we were able to get together for about 1,500 people from all across Latin America and the Caribbean, and to, uh, oh, not yet, not yet. Hold on one second, hold on one second. Well, anyways, this video, if, if there's sound, I'm not sure if there's sound, but this video captures one aspect of the conference. It's the, the, the day of evangelism. Um, my part of the conference team was to organize, well, I'll tell you later. So um, hopefully that video made some sense. Uh, but to give you some context, that was one aspect of the conference. It was uh, the day of outreach, the day of evangelism. And my part of the conference team was to, to organize that. It was quite a challenge because with 1,500 people in the, in the conference coming from 30-some countries uh, across Latin America and the Caribbean and coming from different backgrounds and trying to mobilize them into the city to five different locations, it was just a nightmare. But God did a marvelous job, and uh, I mentioned in the, in the first service that it felt like uh, having a baby 
uh, watching it go through teenage years and then just go off to college all in five days. That's what the conference felt like. <laughs> so it was a very emotional experience, but it was also very uh, fulfilling to, to see just God really um, manage everything. And we, we saw, I don't know if you caught in the slide, but we saw um, over 900 people uh, make a, a decision to, uh, to trust Christ as, as Lord and Savior in that day. So it was just amazing to see uh, the fruit uh, that, that God wrought in that, in that one day. Um, so... That was uh, yeah, a big thing, a great way, a great finale to, to my time of service in, with Crew in the Dominican Republic. And I would say that, that a key, key phrase you see on the screen is change lives. That was a key phrase really uh, throughout all of those different uh, points that I shared. Uh, fruits, I guess you'd say, from those five years is, is a changed lives. Changed lives from people who, who went from the States on a mission trip to the DR. Changed lives of the Dominicans who went on a mission trip. Uh, the 15 young men that you saw pictures of, as well as uh, this conference. Uh, really, really changed people's lives to see uh, how, how diverse uh, of, of a God we serve. Uh, how, how, how creative he is and uh, how we can serve together. Uh, even if we're from, from different countries, we can serve together and really uh, love him well and make something happen uh, to glorify him. And so I never really dreamed, uh, again, I never really dreamed that I would still be serving with crew nine years later. Uh, I shared earlier that I studied engineering. I thought I was, you know, I was gonna... Maybe do this one-year thing with crew and then move along. Go to graduate school or get a job with engineering. And yet I traded that for racing support <laughs> and being a missionary uh, for one year, two years, and then now nine years. But this, this, when you see a, a person transformed by the gospel message, that's something that you don't see uh, elsewhere. And so... I really do encourage you once again to, to consider this, this call that, that Jesus uh, gives to, to every one of his disciples, this, this call to, to go out and to make disciples of all nations, to preach uh, the things that you've, you've heard from him, the things that you have read in, in scriptures. This is something that, that uh, is, is transformational and, and changes people's lives. And it's something that, that will truly change your life, too, when you see that happen. And so that's something that, that uh, Jesus leaves his disciples with, and, and that's something that we, we all should take away from this passage that we read. We, we also read the, a, a similar thing in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. That's one of the, the main, I guess, like the main key verses that, that the crew has uh, as in their mission. It goes like this. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. There are so many people out there who are searching for, for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And many of them simply just need uh, one of us, one, a friend who, who already has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ to come alongside them and to walk them through this, this, this good news, 
walk them through what it means to be a Christian, and then walk alongside them after they make that decision. That's what so many people need, and that's what we should be encouraged to, to do, uh, exhorted to do. Uh, we should be moved to, to, to do that. So that brings me back to the first point I shared, the first story that I shared about fear. So for me, um, this, uh, this irony, I guess I, I, I said before, this irony of a guy from a small town uh, who can't tan uh, and who can't swim gets sent to a big city in the Caribbean. Um, God really does have a sense of humor. He has a sense of irony. Uh, he doesn't necessarily pick people because they are the most skilled, the most knowledgeable, the most adept at something. He picks people because they're willing to take that step of faith. He picks people because he sees uh, your heart. And so I, I, my hope is that not, nobody here who is a follower of Jesus Christ feels like they can't share their faith because they're not a pastor, because they're not a missionary, because they're not, they don't have that title. What most people need is simply a Christian friend that will come alongside them and walk them through what Christ means to you. <clears throat> and oh, I've, I lost. And then for anybody here who is, is here or, or is listening uh, who, doesn't, who doesn't yet have that perfect relationship with Jesus Christ, I encourage you to, to go to that, that friend that, that invited you here or, or a, a, a person in your family that you know is, is a believer Talk with them about this. You can talk with me afterwards or you can talk with one of the pastoral staff uh, because we would love to share that hope that you can have um, following Jesus Christ. So that is, in a nutshell, I guess, um, what, uh, what uh, Crew's about and why I'm still serving uh, and with Crew and I'm willing to go to another island, yet yeah, another island, uh, to continue to, to serve Crew, but in Puerto Rico. I'll be moving out hopefully in August. Um, so I really invite you all to continue to pray with me. Um, really encouraged by Porterfield's uh, faithful support over all these years and continuing with me uh, in, this, in this great journey of, of seeing more and more lives uh, changed, transformed by the gospel message. And uh, if, if you would like to, to know more, find out more about what I do, uh, what it's like, or just want to see pictures, uh, I have some stuff over at the connection table. Uh, you're welcome to drop by after the service is over. So again, uh, thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, do you want me to pray? Yeah. Okay. That's your appreciation. Yeah. So, so again, for us old timers uh, like me, uh, Crew is the new designation. But again, for years it was known as Campus Crusade mm-hmm. for Christ. Is that correct? Yes. Bill Bright years ago, mm-hmm. uh, God called him into this, and it's amazing what God has done through Campus Crusade Ministries. Um, and just from my personal experience, leaving the area, I went to Marshall University for one semester. Had intended to stay there, had some life changes, needed to come back into the area. Won't go into that whole story. But the semester that I was at Marshall, they had just kind of like a beginning group, I think. Uh, I'm not sure how established it was. My memory's a little fuzzy. That was just more than a couple of years ago for me. But uh, I I just know this, that, that Campus Crusade ministries and meetings, they're just like an oasis on the college campus if you're a Christian. Because it's like... Uh, 
any of us know, you go on the college campus, uh, it's, it's not the most uh, godly place uh, at times, and you're not going to hear the most godly things. Um, so it is an opportunity, though, for our faith to be stretched and to understand what we believe. So I just want you to know, I personally, and everybody out there to know, that I personally appreciate Campus Crusade Ministries. And uh, so thank you for sharing your testimony. And again, I think it's great for us to see. You hear me say all the time, this is a mission field right here. Yes, there's a mission field overseas. There's international missions. There's national missions. But the Mid-Ohio Valley is a mission field. And when we're focusing on supporting the gospel being shared here locally, it touches lives like Matthew. And in a couple of weeks, you're going to hear from Jamie Smith, another local person who was called into the mission field internationally. So it's really important for us to hear those stories and those testimonies about changed lives. I love it that, you know, this is what he finished on this phrase, changed lives, because our vision statement here is what? Loving and leading people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. It's more than just a one-time prayer that you pray, and it's like, okay, I'm good, God, I'm in. No, it's, it's a lifelong student learning, a lifelong process about a life change, a new direction, and how do I live with this wonderful gift of grace that God has given me. So one last thing, I'm just curious, because years ago, I know when I was first learning about sharing my faith, there's a lot of different tools and ways you can do it. Mm-hmm. But I remember Bill Brighton through Campus Crusade, I think he's the one that came up with it, is he identified it as the four spiritual laws. Is that correct? Yep. And I noticed in that video, though, I um, don't know Spanish or whatever language that was. <laughs> it was one there, Portuguese, whatever. Um. I noticed they had T-shirts that said the four. Uh-huh. Now, I'm just curious. I'm using a little deduction, but would that happen to be the four spiritual laws, or was that something else? Yeah, that was a, a way to modernize yes. the, the four spiritual laws, make it more accessible to this day and age that where lots of people don't really care for tracks. Yeah, easy, yeah. <laughs> and so they, they use the four symbols as a kind of bullet points, like this symbol is talking about this. and. Awesome. So again, we see how God uses a principle of sharing the faith. And if you want to be encouraged in how you can talk to somebody about Christ, I would encourage you to just learn some of these techniques. Again, I don't like a canned approach. I hate that. Um, so, but if you learn something like the, the four mm-hmm. or what used to be called the four spiritual laws um, or steps to peace with God, the Graham organization uses that. It's communicating that same basic gospel message in a way that's easy for you to remember, easy for you to share, and easy for other people to grasp, that is the truth of the gospel. So I just want to challenge and encourage you, and thank you for mentioning about tracks. I, we didn't plan any of this, mm-hmm. but I'm going to tell you a, a little pet peeve I have about tracks. Um, and I used to use them, and I think it's good. God can work through a tract. Actually, God convicted me through a tract that I read once that was actually laying at home on an end table that I don't know if my parents intentionally left there for me or accidentally. But it began to convict my heart about Christ and my need to trust Christ. But it's so much better if somebody, if you're going to talk with someone, to then hand them a tract as part of that conversation or a way to remember what they shared with you personally. Mm -hmm. But here's an absolute don't do, and this is particularly for you men. Please don't leave a tract in the men's restroom on the urinal. Now, you might think that's totally inappropriate and laugh, but I'm telling you, it's happened to me more than once. 
And though it might get your attention when you're a man and you're going to the restroom, it's, to me, really demeaning. Um, so try to find a better way. And I know God can use anything, but try to find a better way. Uh, that's kind of like a cheap way out to just toss these things around. I don't know who that was for. <laughs> Trust me, I don't. <laughs> and I don't even know why I shared it. <laughs> but welcome to Porterfield. And I am a living example of what you just said, that God isn't looking for the brightest (laughs) or the best looking or the smartest or the most talented, but he'll take a willing heart and he'll use it. And I say this in all humility, that's what I have all these years just wanted to do is say, Lord, I I don't feel like I've got much to offer, but Mm -hmm. I'm willing to, if you'll use me, just, you know, use what I got. Mm -hmm. And I never dreamed I'd be pastoring a church for this many years and being up here to support and encourage others. So I want you to know that, and I say this in all sincerity, if God can do it for me, (laughs) he can absolutely do it for you. Man looks on the outward appearance, God looks on the heart, and he loves you, and he wants you to share the good news of Christ. So again, thank you, Matthew. Appreciate it. Let me just uh, have a prayer. Would you all stand?